It's Tuesday, September 22nd, and this is the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast. Tonight is the Week 3 Injury Update and Preview. Hello! (laughs) So I have a predicament. There's the tiniest floater in my beer. What's a floater? And we're not going to rinse it out, so should I just drink it? Yeah. What is it, like yeast or something? It's just a little speck of black. Ah, it didn't go down. (laughs) Because it stays in there. Alright. Well, this is Jason, who just made that lovely introduction. My name is Dave, and we are about to bring you the best fantasy football uh, sports information that you can buy or get for free. Or get for free. And uh, (laughs) you need to refill your beer, so I'm going to grab something for you. You need to refill my beer. Yeah. And uh, I just finished a Bell's Two-Hearted, one of my favorite IPAs of all time. But Dave, what are we drinking right now? Tonight we're drinking the Revolution Brewing Mosaic Hero India Pale Ale. It is 7% by volume. It's a member of the, uh, of the Hero family. And, uh, a member of the Hero family. I'm excited to see what you think. I can't, I'm excited to see Heroes on uh, Thursday night. Wouldn't it be amazing if that show was so good it compelled us to start the... Uh, How short your memory is. Our TV show back podcast back up. We're going to be so struck by it, we're going to have to discuss it for hours on end. Oh. Anyways, uh, tonight is for football, though, the, right? The next thing that comes up that is, you know, a uh, really cool show, I, I suppose we could start that up, yeah. But yes, it is all about football tonight, and uh, why don't you uh, start us off with a cheers, and then we'll move right into the uh, Drink five, buddy. news and updates. Mm. Also, I think we need some bets in this episode so we can talk about them mm. uh Next week. Sure. I always love betting. Especially when I lose. All right. It doesn't sound right, does it? All right. So um, tonight we're going to start off with the injuries that have happened. There's been a lot of injuries, a lot of key injuries uh, this past week to quarterbacks. They always seem to, you know, rotate around position. And last week was the quarterback's turn to get eaten alive, right? So Tony Romo we saw just get rolled over, uh, and he has a – bad collarbone. I don't know if it's broken. It doesn't need surgery. He is going to be on the IR designated to return. He cannot return until week 11, possibly more realistically really uh, week 13, probably around Thanksgiving, maybe a little bit after because Thanksgiving will be a short week for them. They play on Thursday. This guy says he has a bad collarbone. Well, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how to you know, describe it. What's you, the official term, you Dr. Did, Dave? You did the research, right? Come on. It's a, uh, it's a broken left clavicle. Okay. That is his left arm, and it doesn't need surgery. So the prognosis is good, and he will come back. Now it's just when, right? When will he come back? Right. He will be coming back, you know, like I said, much later in the season. For now, we're going to see Brandon Whedon in that role. They did just sign Matt Castle. I don't think that Castle is going to be starting there, though. Nope. He's the, he's the backup. He is securely in the backup position unless Brandon Whedon is going to fail. He did look good in that game, and uh, he has you know, been a starter before. We'll see. Obviously, he's not a guy that the team wants to you know, put their future on, but that's why he's been bouncing around from team to team. Right. Brandon Whedon, you know, he, he started a few games uh, recently. He started like 13 games uh, in 2012 for Cleveland. Uh, last year, he barely played because Tony Romo was healthy all year. So I really don't expect a whole lot out of Brandon Whedon. 
especially because that team is now the walking wounded. Des Bryant is going to be gone for probably as long as Tony Romo, maybe a little bit. Maybe he'll come back a little bit earlier. And uh, Jason Witten is also a little banged up, which we'll talk about later. So, you know, all three big stars in that team are kind of hurt. You know, I wouldn't expect much greatness out of the rest of the team just because uh, you can only survive so much when it comes to injuries. Not that I disagree with you, but remember they have one of the best offensive lines in football. So if anyone is going to give a guy like that and the receivers that they do have a chance, it's going to be that team that is going to be able to hold up to quite a bit of damage. Uh, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Now, they did also get rid of their key running back from last year, which is one of their big strengths. They haven't run the ball quite as well this year, but that's to be expected when you're using a committee of a bunch of guys who nobody else wants. Yep. Uh, we're, we're not really sure who their number one guy is because they don't have one right now. Right. They haven't. I mean, it seems like it might be Randall, but they go to everyone else so much. Randall, I don't even think gets the ball half the time right now. Doesn't seem like he does anyways. Uh, so over to New Orleans, Drew Brees uh, injured his rotator cuff. He got a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews, and uh, it sounds like he's going to use some heavy rehab and try and play this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, another uh, another injury that doesn't require surgery, and Drew Brees' injury is much less bad. They went through, I think, an MRI and other scans and decided that there was no real structural damage. So it's good news. Uh, it means that Brees could get back to normal. Uh, unfortunately, the Saints are having more problems than just Breeze on their offense. Right. They got rid of a lot of their targets as well. They've been struggling. The running game has been working out all right. C.J. Spiller needs to be, I think, implemented more into the offense, and they need to find another receiver to step up. There hasn't been one guy uh, to play, you know, to, to do well each week. Well, he just came back from injury, so he's on a snap count. So you'd think that Spiller will automatically be put back into the game a little bit. Ingram really has to step up here because, especially if Luke McCown ends up filling in for Drew Brees, but even if Drew Brees goes out and plays in Week 3, they're going to have to lean on the running game. So that could be someone to look at as uh, as a guy that is probably owned in in the majority of teams uh, for the majority of leagues. But is a start uh, because talking about Mark Ingram, they're going to have to run the ball. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I don't like McCown as a fill-in if Drew Brees happens to be out. If he's healthy and he plays, then you start him. That's a shocker, there. I got to tell you, you, go with you don't like Luke McCown. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick him as the uh, as know, the sleeper of the week, top five quarterback in week three. He's going to have the he's going to be the quarterback with the best commercials on. He currently has better commercials than Peyton Manning. Well, he wished upon a star, and, and what he got was a, perhaps was a, a Verizon endorsement. <laughs> and a shiny new starting job for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I mean, he could have uh, wished for a better situation to start in, but I don't think he's going to be starting this week. It seems like Drew Brees is going to try and tough it out. We'll know more tomorrow when they release injury reports, and keep an eye on that and whether or not guys practice. It is likely that no McCown start this week. We'll right, see. right, that's the more likely than not. And um, if you do need a replacement for Romo, and odds are you do, unless you were carrying some sort of backup, then I don't suggest you go with Brandon Whedon. If you're in a one-quarterback league, there's probably going to be other guys available. I noticed that Carson Palmer was available in a league like that. Well, we shouldn't have to tell you you guys this, but you should never be taking the backup uh, of a guy for your starter. You should always be looking to someone else that is a starter somewhere. Better than that. That's better than that, the, the replacement player. Now, other positions, that may not be the case. There it, may be a running back, like James Starks. It generally is the Eddie case, Lacey. though. I mean, there there he, can be exceptions, I Even suppose, with so. James Starks, I mean, we can talk about that later, but even with him, like you might want to pick him up just because he's going to maybe replace Eddie Lacy. But even if he does, 
Uh, Starks might only get you eight points. He's not as efficient, that's for sure. He's not as good as Eddie Lacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's probably not the best option. Anyways, um, uh, in Chicago, here in Chicago, Jay Cutler is down again. He hurt himself while chasing down a defender who uh, he had thrown an interception to. No, now, he, he did look really good before uh, before he came out. Yeah, yeah. He was like six for seven. He threw a long touchdown to a wide receiver who I had never heard of before <laughs> and probably will never hear of again because now Jimmy Clausen is going to be starting for them for the next two weeks, at least. Um, well, we're all agreed here in Chicago and everywhere else in the nation that Jimmy Clausen is uh, less than backup caliber, so he's going to be terrible. Whoever has the Seattle defense and made that initial investment is probably going to win this week because they're going to score 30 points against the Chicago Bears. Um, but regardless of that, um, I mean, the Bears are not going to look to sign, I don't think, a, a big veteran talent because Jay Cutler has a strained hamstring and he'll be back in two weeks. Right. And it just um, you know exacerbates the whole Cutler situation here that once again he gets, he gets injured in this manner like every other year probably. He's trying too hard to make up for a mistake that he's done and uh, gets injured in that play. It's crazy how that happens so much. Uh, So I don't like Clawson at all. I wouldn't start anyone other than Matt Forte on the Bears. Even Forte, I mean, i got to be honest with you. I think at this point that it would be smart of the Bears to trade Forte away to another team that he could be used on, like maybe go to a championship, something like that. At this point, they're even trying to rest him. Forte was on the sidelines for a lot of the previous game, for example, putting in Jeremy Langford, you know, trying to give him a rest. There's no real reason to rest Forte. I think they knew that they were losing that game. But it doesn't matter. There's no reason to rest him. It's not like they're going to need him in the playoffs. There's no reason. <laughs> so really what they should do is Maybe try, they are saving him for trading. They should try to trade him before the trade deadline to another team in order to get a little bit of value back. Because if they wait another year, another two years, Forte is done as a football player. Yeah, and they're not going to have anything. So I, I'm not going to be surprised if Forte gets traded to another team. And you know there are always uh, running back needy teams, and a lot of them are pretty good. So uh, just look out for that. That's my particular little insight here. I, I think that's going to happen. And I think if you see Forte resting on the sideline, it's because they want him to be uh, tradable. Interesting. I like that. Not because they want to save him for the playoffs. That's an, uh, I think that we may be on to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Matthew Stafford is... Uh, been banged up the last couple of weeks. The Lions lost both of their games. After the last game, uh, Stafford had x-rays on his ribs, and they came back negative. Uh, so he doesn't have anything broken, but he's probably all bruised up. He's been beaten to hell in the first two weeks. His self-confidence. And now he gets to play the best defense over the first two weeks, which are the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, the Broncos have given up fewer than uh, 10 points to receivers and quarterbacks for the first two weeks. Combined, there haven't been a lot of all receivers games and, so far this yeah. year, but I feel like Denver is going to beat up on Detroit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I see that. So Stafford is going to start. We don't have to worry about any sort of replacement for Matt Stafford, but he's been very ineffective, and I would not even start him in a two quarterback league next week. I like that you list him here. I would start him in a two quarterback league because he has Calvin Johnson on his team. But I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, there's there's every possibility that Stafford only ends up with like 11 points. And if you start a guy like Bortles or a guy like Palmer, it's going to be on the waiver wire a lot of the time. Then you're going to get more points from them. I see Matt Stafford's floor as being like four points this week. That seems a little ridiculous. I know it seems like it's ext- you know a lot, but I... 
Suffice to say, you're not starting Stafford under any circumstances. I actually don't have him on any teams, and I'm in nine leagues. Yeah, neither do I. So I'm the reason seven. the reason I didn't draft him is because uh, he, we play in three. I play in three different two quarterback leagues. Yeah, he seems to disappoint on the on the regular. And even though Detroit used to be one of those offenses that has more passing yards uh, than any other, it seems like in the past couple of years, regardless of Calvin Johnson and whatever talent they have at running back and Golden Tate and you know even guys like Eric Ebron that are always supposed to be better than they actually are, I don't think that Stafford is really um, you know a top ten level talent. So I'm never going to pick him up in a draft. He's always overvalued. Absolutely, and uh, I think that's a theme that we had through the preseason, and it continues into the season. What a surprise. The Lions aren't that great. Unfortunately, now that we've said that, it probably means that uh, he'll probably like throw three touchdowns to Calvin Johnson, light up the, the week, and have more points than anyone else in there. Yeah, and the Denver Broncos are going to have <laughs> <laughs> like two points. No, I, I don't think so. It, it's just, that's always what it seems like, you know, when you discuss things. Uh, our success ratio being like 50 to 60% is pretty good, as is, you know, most of the experts out there. But, of course, sometimes you can be wrong. And when you're wrong in football, you're wrong. Yeah, and people remember when you're wrong more than when you're right. But that's okay. That's we, human nature. We come back and talk about it. And there's there's no way that Stafford does well. I think we both agree. Yeah. Okay, so... Um... On to the running backs. Any other quarterbacks that I missed? I don't think so. Well, we have quarterbacks that are already previously injured that we haven't really gone over, but we don't need to, I don't think. We talked about them last week, If too. you're starting Menzel or McCown, it means that you're uh, you're either in a super deep league or you're pretty desperate. You're in trouble. If you are in that league, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Eddie Lacy exited the game early in the game on Sunday night's game uh, against the Seahawks, and... Uh, everyone in Green Bay is beginning ankle injuries, so I think all the Packers that were injured that night had ankle injuries. Uh, so he does have an extra day of rest this week. They don't play till Monday night. They play the Chiefs, so that's going to be a good game for sure. Um, so he has an extra day to get healthy. That also means there's an extra day for the teams to give us their information. So we won't hear any sort of uh, practice information or injury report from the Packers until Thursday. You will know before Thursday night's game if you want to start someone uh, in that game instead. And I, I mean, I guess there's like a Matt Jones that you could start in that game. You may be looking at Vereen or uh, Rashad Jennings. Um, but anyways, uh, Eddie Lacy's backup is James Starks. And he did pretty well. He had, I think, 20 carries for about 98 yards this week. So uh, good, not great. Like you were saying earlier, uh he is not going to provide the same sort of production in that slot that Eddie Lacy was able to provide. And, of course, it's going to happen. That happened with the Jordy Nelson slot. Uh, but the Packers are still going to find ways to win the games, I suspect. Mm-hmm. So um, I would pick up uh, Ed, uh, James Starks as an insurance policy. It kind of seems like Eddie Lacy's going to play. So uh, most waivers are tonight and tomorrow night. I would still put in those claims for James Starks, even though... Uh, you don't know if he's going to be you know, that worth it or not. I will only take James Starks if I have Eddie Lacy. Otherwise, I will not pick him up on any teams because if he's usable, it's only for one week. Well, he's one of those guys where some I, people like to pick up waivers to block other people, too. I think that strategy is silly. Um, I just don't understand that, to be honest with you, because I don't think that Starks is going to blow up for 25 points. If someone wants to pick him up and play him and waste their waiver pick, that's fine. Well, I don't think that he's your first running back. We'll I, talk about running back waivers in a minute, but there are better guys to pick what up. What I'm saying is this is a one-week replacement. 
Yes. And so I don't see him as being valuable unless you have no running backs whatsoever and you're desperate. And that sucks. I mean, that position is it's terrible to be in. I understand. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to pick up James Starks anywhere because I don't think he's going to lead me to anything uh, good <laughs> or substantial. So you're only recommending him for Eddie Lacy owners? In, unless you're in such a deep league that the guys you're starting are worse than him. Right, and I mean... I mean, what situation in a standard league could you be in where you're... You would have have to have lost, like, running backs already. Yeah, it's just, it's tough for me to say pick him up unless... Because uh, then I think you're kind of wasting a waiver pick unless you're going to play him this week. And you don't even know for sure that Eddie Lacens is not going to play. So it's a tough... It's tough. And I put him on uh, my waiver wire picks for this week that we'll talk about mm-hmm. because it's someone to consider. In a deep league, or if you have Lacey, that is someone you should probably pick up. That's a better way to put it. Consider him. Yeah. Okay, so down in Atlanta, Tevin Coleman uh, missed the entire second half of the game against the Giants, and he was carted off with a broken rib. Now, um, th- this one is broken, I would I assume, since they say it that way. Uh, but this is more <laughs> of, a, uh, of a pain threshold injury, right? Uh, we always hear about these guys who have cracked ribs or whatever. Like, it's just about how many hits they can take. Like, at a certain point, they're not really gonna like damage themselves too bad. They're not gonna make the injury much worse. It's gonna heal on its own slowly. Um, so he's gonna be out for you know kind of a cloudy number of weeks, right? It's not certain when he's gonna be able to come back. I would think that it should be a short term injury, but you know stuff like that you never know. You're talking about three to four weeks for the rib injury to heal, especially because he's a young guy. They're not going to risk him coming back early, and they have another guy that can take the load. So the problem with Tevin Coleman, right, is is if Devontae Freeman plays well, he's going to take over the role. Yeah, Freeman was serviceable last year. If, if he you certainly could, didn't show a whole lot that would say that like he's taken it from him. He hasn't played enough. So if, if Tevin was going to take the role as lead back, and he looked pretty good. He could have done it, but now he's injured. So now you worry about um, you know rostering a guy like that who's coming back from an injury when another guy is healthy. I, I'm a little unsure about Tevin Coleman. I have him on a couple teams, and I'll keep him around for a couple weeks to think about you know uh, what decision I have to make going forward. But if Devontae Freeman plays really well over the next couple weeks, then I might just dump him, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing, I look at Devontae Freeman, he's not very efficient. So far this year, he has 22 carries and 43 yards. He does catch the ball. He already has seven receptions, 63 yards there. He does have a touchdown already. He has some fantasy value still. So Devonta Freeman is a guy who... Well, he hasn't started any games yet. Right, and he will be this week. He played mm-hmm. half of last week, too. Mm-hmm. But he has been given 22 carries already this year, which is a decent amount for the only two games. Right, but now he'll get... 18 carries. Right, right. He'll be, you know, 15 to 20 next week. Even if he's bad, even if he's bad over the next couple of weeks, he could still give you 60 yards and a touchdown. Right. I think his floor is going to be much higher than, like, a James Starks, who you don't know if his floor is zero. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You know, uh, if Eddie Lacy's out, sure, they're going to pass the ball to Starks. They're going to give him some carries, but he's never going to be Lacy. Uh, Devontae Freeman doesn't have the upside of a Tevin Coleman. That's why they went to Tevin Coleman in the first place. Um, but I think that if he plays really well, then Tevin's in trouble because now he's been injured already. Um, I don't know. It, that's that's a really tough one. Uh, that that whole Atlanta running back situation is one that I would I would I wish that I didn't own those players. 
You know, it's it's a hard one. Well, you know, I actually grabbed Devonta Freeman in a deep league as just like bench depth, and that so that worked out for me. But that wasn't someone I was planning on being able to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lamar Miller uh, in the in Miami, uh, he says he's going to be okay. He had an ankle injury uh, on Sunday. Um, he did not finish the game, I don't think. Um, but he's going to nope. be day to day, is what it seems right now. Again, we'll hear more tomorrow when we get the injury report. Uh, so he can probably start. Um, uh, he can probably start week three. Now I don't know if you want to start him again. Uh, this is more about the whole Dolphins offense, right? The whole Dolphins offense has not performed to the level that we expected. Now there's many teams that are, are in that category. The Dolphins just um, maybe it's just more underwhelming than most. Mm, I yeah, they I lost I, to Wa- or no, they didn't lose to Washington, but they lost to Jacksonville. Jacksonville looks pretty good. I, I think that the Dolphins need more time to figure it out. I mean, look at teams like the Colts who are just struggling to stay afloat. And uh, and they have all the weapons in the world. So I I always, every year, you know, we talk about this and, and some teams are struggling, etc. And a lot of them get back on their feet. But there are also some teams that we, that we think going into a season are going to be great and they just, their chemistry doesn't work out. So I don't know exactly how to pick which one is which. But a couple of these teams, uh, be it you know Denver, Seattle, the Dolphins, the Colts, a couple of these teams are going to end up not making the playoffs. Yeah, and I think the Colts are definitely a candidate for that right now. I think Luck comes back strong, and I think Pagano uh, figures it out, and I think it's mostly about the offensive line. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, I, you're you're right on the money. I they could be, and they are a prime candidate right now for being a super overvalued offense. And now taking those guys in your team, like Andre Johnson and Andrew Luck and Frank Gore, that you thought would be so great, might end up not doing so well for you. But you can't give up yet. You have to wait probably until week four, right. week five. Especially with like Andrew Luck. Yeah. Uh, so Lamar Miller, back to him, he's only been gaining about 50 yards per game, and the offense is not uh, improving the way it should be. Um, so... Damian Williams is the guy who would start if Lamar Miller doesn't play. Lamar Miller is probably going to start, um, but they do play Buffalo next week, so I think that uh, you may want to find a replacement for Lamar Miller. If you can pick up like Matt Jones on the waiver wire, spoiler alert, I bet that's your favorite waiver wire pickup this week. Um, but you know, I, I, like I would maybe start him if you've got someone on your bench like Giovanni Bernard with Jeremy Hill in the doghouse might have another big game. Uh, you know, I would start one of those guys over Lamar Miller. For yeah, sure. I'm I'm struggling with uh, with starting anybody on the Dolphins' offense right now. Uh, although I do think that they will bounce back, it's hard for me to say exactly when, and it's hard to say that that will be against Buffalo, which is uh, one of our highest rated defenses. Um, maybe not necessarily this week, but on the regular, right? It's it's Buffalo. It's uh, uh, guys like Denver, uh, some other offense or defenses that have been playing just out of their mind. Yeah. So. The best thing to do here is to temper expectations about Lamar Miller. Uh, I don't think he's a bad pickup. I think he's a talented running back. I think the offense is okay, but it's not really gelling. So maybe you you know, play someone with a little more upside or someone that you pick off the waiver wire, like, like you mentioned, Matt Jones, David Johnson, guys like that. I know it's hard. That's a high-risk play. But Lamar Miller has not been performing to the level you want him to. So you can't just keep putting him out there. That's the definition of insanity. <laughs> Literally. So uh, 
Denard Robinson has been diagnosed with an MCL sprain, and he'll probably be out one to two months right now. A little cloudy because it just happened. We'll know more in the coming weeks and months. But Denard Robinson was a backup now, uh, yeah. really a third down guy in, in Jacksonville behind TJ Yeldon. So obviously, if you have Yeldon, his value is going up. Well, Yeldon uh, was already playing a three-down back role. Right. Now right. he's just Denard Robinson wasn't going to get anything. But Art Pierce is the guy who may spell TJ Yeldon for a play or two. Toby Gerhardt has been injured slash probably not playing. Um, so it's going to be all yelled in there. They did win a game against Miami, but that Miami team is a little chaotic right now. I read a headline about Indomitian Sioux not running the plays that were called. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't sound like everything is peachy clean. Peachy clean in... Uh, peachy keen. Peachy keen. Excuse me. <laughs> I think I need more beer. Oh. It's making my tongue stick. I gotcha. Uh, I, I liked Denard Robinson's shoelace. He was a cool guy. He's got a lot of upside. He's a fast dude. He was good in college. But uh, behind Yeldon, you're right, his value was very little, and now it's nothing. Uh, now you can drop him in leagues and pick up uh, someone from the waiver wire. Yeah, fully developed. I think Denard Robinson can play like a decent uh, Darren Sproles role behind a strong runner like TJ Yeldon, but that's down the road. I got to tell you, I, I love Yeldon. I liked him going into the season, but now especially because Jacksonville's offense is definitely up and coming. Blake Bortles looks good. Allen Robinson. Julius Thomas is coming back. and they've The got quarterback a, is starting to catch up to the receivers. The receivers are talented there. Yep, and they've got a three-down back. And Allen Hearns and Marquise Lee, who are the two and three receivers, they're both young guys that were amazing in college. So, I mean, they have a chance to be one of the strongest offenses in the NFL if they all click. Uh, of course, they call Marquise Lee, uh, Marquise Lee the, the albino tiger because uh, he he's never to be seen anywhere on the practice field. <laughs> he's always injured or something. <laughs> he's a rarity on the practice field. Anyway, uh, I I love him. Uh, I think Denard Robinson is the guy you gotta either put in your back pocket in a dynasty or a deep league, or get rid of him because he's not going to be usable for you in the um, foreseeable future. Um, okay, on to wide receivers. So last night. Eric Decker had a PCL injury. He was so good, though. Oh, he was so good for so long. Yeah. And Eric, you couldn't just play, like, one more play to get one more catch. That's all I needed to win a game. You know, it was one of those things for me, too. I had two leagues where I could have, one I could have gotten the high score, and one I could have won if Eric Decker had scored another touchdown. And he was having a hell of a game. He would have scored a touchdown if he didn't play so hard that he strained his, his PCL. I suppose that's one way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I he love didn't him have now. anything he's, really in the second half of the game. He's great. But he has played well with Fitzpatrick so far. Fitzpatrick's looked good. He has two excellent receivers. Remember what I say about Fitzpatrick. Uh, first three games? He's got three games, and then he becomes a bad quarterback. Okay, well, So start we'll Marshall everywhere next week. <laughs> yeah, start Marshall next week and then get rid of all your Jets. Let's trade them all out to the highest bidder. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> hey, I'm actually going to do that. <laughs> All right, so if Decker doesn't play, and he might end up playing this week, uh, uh, Quincy Inua, Inunua, uh will you know will be the one sort of in there. Jeremy Curley has been active the last couple games, but hasn't even had any targets, so I don't expect him to do anything. It's going to be mostly uh, Brandon Marshall. You know, think of the Bears when they only had Brandon Marshall. It's going to look like that. Gotcha. Uh, so. When Decker and Marshall are there, it's going to be one of the better tandems this year. Uh, as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick can survive your uh, prediction of 
three good games only. And remember, Geno Smith is pretty much healthy now. So there's always there's going to be this quarterback controversy at around week four, week five. I don't think there's a controversy right now. Look, they came out today and said Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to play. I understand, and and what's going to happen is he's going to start playing badly because he's Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> and then Geno Smith is going to come in and be the quarterback. I'm just telling you now okay. how it works out. So the I profit has spoken. Don't go trading for Ryan Fitzpatrick or something right now. Uh, but regardless, you're right. I, Decker will probably play in week four or week five, so he's not out for a long time. And it's so much fun to watch those guys. I mean, these are really good receivers on a team that has a really good defense and a great running back. They have ten turnovers in two games. They're, they're they could be they're in the argument for the best defense right now overall. In fact, if they can play the Colts and do that. You know, I want to see the Jets and the Broncos play. I'm thinking about picking up the Jets in a couple of uh, my leagues, regardless of who they're playing, because that doesn't really matter to me anymore. Oh, man, the Jets and Patriots games are going to be good this year. Well, you know how good Revis is, and you stack on top of that a whole bunch of other good players. You saw... Uh, strip- they have Antonio Cromartie again, right? Yep, you saw uh, things being stripped. You saw, um, you saw the interceptions. You saw pressuring the quarterback. You saw sacks. It was great. It, they did. A, they put on a show. They put on a clinic. It was great. Yeah. Uh, so in Green Bay, Devontae Adams went down briefly in the game. He did uh, return to the game at the end, but I don't think he had any receptions or anything. Um, so the ankle injuries are clearly contagious in Green Bay. If you go to Green Bay, make sure you wear like good boots that are have good support or something like that. Yes, go out on the field with Uggs. Uggs, that's the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> you should not be wearing... Right. Uh, like giant boots on the field. I just don't, I don't. Well, in Green Bay, you probably want to wear big winter boots, anyways. It's going to be snowing there in like three weeks. In December, they'll have like knee high, like steel toed boots on running down the field. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be caught in a pile with one of those guys. Oh, man. With spikes on the bottom they'll of them? They'll kick you in the nuts, man. They'll kick you through the nuts. Through the nuts. <laughs> That's an injury that is not going to be on the injury report. They're not going to. They're Kicked not going to broadcast that whole thing. I think thing. it'll just say groin, like the rest of them. Yep. He has a left groin. You know what's funny? You know, in hockey, when there's an injury, they only say upper body or lower body. That's all you get. Well, that sucks. <laughs> so imagine if football was just upper body or lower body. Every upper body injury would be um, concussion. Well, I already don't like how little some of these coaches tell you. Uh, John Fox adopted that strategy. The first year he's really done that with the Bears... Uh, some people say they're taking. Uh, he's taking that from Belichick, but really, I mean, he's been around way before Belichick was even, you know, doing his thing. John Fox is just that's just an old football thing. It's just like either, yeah, you either tell him you be honest, or you just don't give him anything at all. Right, and I think he realizes that uh, in a more media saturated market like Chicago, he should watch his mouth. He's much better off. Just not saying anything. Well, because he knows the team's going to be bad for a year. Yeah. And so there's nothing he can do to make it better. That's true. He has to wait another year. He has joining to get more the, talent. Yeah, joining. He must have said, like, look, you can't expect any success in this first year. Like, we are going to suck. It is obvious. Well, it's, it's very much like the Cubs when they took over for the Cubs, and the Cubs were terrible. Right. They were paying players a lot of money, just like they are now in the Bears. Uh, and those players got dumped eventually, or they, they played through their contracts. And now with a lot of talent, they rebuilt it back up. But I just, uh, I mean, that's neither here nor there. We're just talking about the local team now. But I, I'm talking about uh, the way that they talk about injuries. It just it makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't see what, they, what they're what they protecting. As a gambler, you want as much information as you can get. In fact, 
most of the injury report rules and stuff have come about because of like Vegas betting on it on games and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so last week, Devontae Adams was covered by Richard Sherman, so he didn't have a good statistical game anyways. Uh, James Jones does seem to be the guy who is going to be the second most productive receiver in that offense. For right now, yep. Yeah. Um, Ty Montgomery did look good. Uh, he had four targets and four receptions. I could see him maybe earning a little bit more time in the offense, see where that goes. If Devontae Adams continues to not produce very much, I could even see Ty Montgomery replacing him later in the year if he plays well. Yeah, the problem with that is that is that Montgomery is not like a, a deep threat guy. You know, he's more of like a possession well, got James Jones slot receiver. Uh, I understand, but he's not as fast as he used to be. Yeah, uh, but he he looks great in that in that visor. You know, they don't have Jordy Nelson is the problem, really. Yeah, well, the, Jordy Nelson is the one that took the top off the defense and ran. They're still all the winning rounds. games. They made Seattle zero and two. I mean, it's working out for them. Yeah. Um. Man, Seattle is 0-2. Seattle and Dallas are both 0-2. Dallas Which is 2-0. One of those teams... You mean or, I'm sorry, Dallas is 2-0. No, I meant, to, I meant to compare it with Dallas. Dallas is 2-0. Seattle is 0-2. Which one of those teams makes the playoffs? It's almost a unanimous decision that it would be the Seahawks and not Dallas. I don't know. I'd have to look at their schedules. But, I mean, at this point, if you start off 0-2 in, in the National Football League, the percentage of you chance of you getting to the playoffs is not very high. Correct. So Very correct. So Jericho Cotri in uh, Carolina had a high ankle sprain, and uh, that's a kind of lingering in- injury. Uh, he's probably going to be out for a couple weeks. Lingering injury. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he might be able to play. He might not be able to play. We don't know yet. We'll have to wait for the injury report. If he doesn't practice all week, uh, I wouldn't expect him to play. I don't know that you're starting him anywhere other than in very deep leagues, but he has been, I think, the most productive receiver in Carolina so far in the first two weeks. So Greg Olson hasn't done a whole lot, but with Jericho Cotri banged up, he is going to get a slight boost, and I think that Ted Ginn Jr. is probably the receiver on that team that you know gets a little bit, a little, a few more looks, right? Yeah, those are your those are your guys. So Greg Olson's going to be owned everywhere already. There's no reason to look for him even on the waiver wire, but if you have him, you have to play him now every single game. Ted Ginn Jr. is going to be a guy, like you said, that gets all of, of those uh, touches that were going to Kotri, etc., because Devin Funchess, who's their rookie, is no Kelvin Benjamin. It's not working out. Uh, maybe towards the end of the season he'll get some more passes, but it's not looking that way. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Not a whole lot to start there, but the Panthers don't look bad at all. And this is another one of those years where it's really going to be all about Cam Newton, his ability to be confident, and his ability to run. He's going to start scoring more touchdowns, as you've seen. Yeah. Man, I like how the NFL just gets reshuffled every year. So this year it's Atlanta and Carolina are 2-0, and Tampa Bay is 1-1, and and New Orleans is 0-2. Or did they win their first week? I don't remember. It's so long ago now, in NFL terms. Who did they play last week? Uh, in week one, two know. weeks ago, yeah. Well, we'll get that info. We'll figure it out. Oh, they played the Buccaneers. Oh no, they played the Buccaneers this week. Okay, tight ends. <laughs> we have Jordan. They lost to the Cardinals. That's Jordan right. Cameron and Jordan Cameron. Uh, he left week two game with a groin injury. We're talking about more Dolphins here. Uh, we think that these guys should do really well in theory, but they're just not really doing that for us right now. Um, he suffered from soft tissue injuries in the past. Looks like he's 
doing that again. And so you got to keep your eyes on the injury report and make sure that you know exactly where Cameron is before you make a decision. Uh, we saw after Cameron went out, this, this guy, Jake Stoneburner, who I'd never heard of before, get a ton of passes from Tannehill. So you know, regardless of what's going on in the Dolphins' offense, the tight end position is going to be a position that gets a ton and a ton of targets. And Stoneburner will be getting those targets. But just like always, we would never recommend that you pick that guy up necessarily and play him every week because we don't know who he is. There's a reason why he's not already a starter, etc. Yeah, he's been a, he's been around the league. I checked, I looked him up on Roto World. His last entry was from 2013. Sure, but I mean, he's not fantasy relevant. He was never fantasy relevant. Uh, even if he gets passes, he's not going to be a top ten tight end. So it's it's tough to recommend him as a start, is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely, I wouldn't recommend him as a start. Uh, in Dallas, Jason Witten is uh, just all kinds of wounded. And Dave, I could use some more beer if you've got more beer. We'll talk about some Jason beer Witten. is empty as well. Yeah, so he has two bad ankles, you know, one on each leg, and a bad uh, sprained knee. Uh, so even veterans aren't this banged up until late in the year. Um, Witten is going to play through whatever he can. But I don't think he's going to be super effective if he does play because he doesn't have, you know, the usual weapons on his team to help him out. Um, I kind of disagree with you. I think that it's going to be one of those situations where Witten is just going to get all of the passes. All of the passes. Well, what if he can't run very well? I mean, he's, Shouldn't he's, they sit him he's, for the end of the year? He's another guy who's played through crazy injuries. Uh, he's gone through a lot of stuff. He had a ruptured spleen where he like sat in the chair for six weeks straight and didn't do oh, anything. Oh, that's right. Like, he's a really tough guy. I, I just don't see this really sidelining him for too long. Now, granted, he's an older tight end, and I don't know that the Cowboys are going to let him go through that much damage. But as long as he's playing, I mean, he's going to get the ball. And, and Brandon Whedon, they're going to have a tough time letting him just go downfield all the time. So I say they run the ball and pass to Witten, and that's pretty much what happens for their offense. Yeah, if Witten plays, then they're going to use him. I just think it may be to the Cowboys' benefit to shut Witten down if he is as banged up as he sounds like he is. I like Escobar, too, so maybe... Yeah, exactly. And you let the young guys kind of develop a little bit. You bring Tony Romo back. If they're still in playoff contention, yeah. you bring everybody else back. But see, they might be but thinking... they thinking they got one more year with this window. But they might be thinking that they can get to the playoffs this year. Because all they have to do is win probably, I don't know, another five games out of the next... like. Uh, if they win three games until Tony Romo comes back, then he can win another like three or four when he gets back. Yeah, that he, could, They could just count on him to win every they're game already two and when he gets back. So, I mean, but they can't, they can't just dump all their players on the sideline and say, uh, we're losing the season. They, they have to play Witten if he's, if he's healthy. They have to. They will. Uh, you know, this could I be just, his last season, you know? Well, I'm... Well, you know, if Witten and Romo and Bryant like wind up not playing this season, what if they all come back? You know, if they all come back, then they're gonna have a good chance at a playoff push. I'm just saying, in the meantime, but if they all sit, they can all come back next year. I mean, maybe they can, uh, but they do have a window right now, just Romo like you're and saying. Romo Bryant certainly can. So uh, we'll see, but I I think I think that if Witten starts, you have to play him, especially in that offense, especially yeah. with Whedon. Okay. All those quarterbacks that are you not as good. Okay, I see where you're going with, especially if it's with Whedon. Well, Romo threw to Whitten all the time, but he didn't when he had Bryant. 
Uh, and Whedon is a quarterback that's not as good and is not going to throw the ball, uh, you know, with as much confidence as Romo. So he's going to need the check down safety target. Yep, and so you're going to get the... And that's a lot of Jason Wynn. You're going to get the 8th and 9 targets Dunbar a game. And And Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, yep. So, unfortunately, that whole Terrence Williams thing might not work out for anybody. We'll see. Yeah, it could be Cole Beasley that winds up being the guy. We always see that happening. When backup quarterbacks come in, they throw to their backups, and sometimes that lasts for a week or two. Sometimes it lasts for the whole season. Whoever you have more chemistry with is the guy you throw to, and every quarterback and receiver or quarterback and tight end combo is completely different. Yeah. I mean, Whedon could have more chemistry with Escobar because he's probably playing with him more often. You could have you have to go with the guy who you're going to have more success with. But the way that works. if Witten's the starter and, and Escobar is not, then, then obviously there's going to be more targets for Witten. We'll see. Right. So if Escobar does start, uh, do you think even with Witten that or Whedon that you start him? I, I'm not a huge fan of that situation. I feel like there may be someone else there, but is Escobar like the one exception to the rule where you can plug him in? If Witten doesn't play, yes. uh, then, then yeah, I think I, I would in a, in a league where I don't have very many good options. Uh, so like yeah, if you had Witten and now he's not playing, well, so it, clearly you need someone. If there's in a deep league, okay, so okay. like Escobar is not a top fifteen tight end, but he could put up top fifteen numbers in the low end. So I mean, he could score a touchdown and and get five passes for yards. fifty yards. Yeah. But he's not going to put up numbers like you know eight passes for for a hundred yards. He does score lots of touchdowns. He has nine receptions each of the last two years, and he has like. Ten touchdowns during that time. Well, all I all I want to remind people of is just the, how great the Dallas Cowboys offensive line was and still is. And because of that, if if uh, Whedon is not able to find a target in his first couple reads, he's just going to come back to the close target of either Dunbar or Escobar or Whitten. So every play that's going to happen, if he can't pass it out to the wide receivers downfield, he's going to pass to the tight end. And, I mean, it's not like... You know how this works. Even if the Cowboys get down by 20 points, those guys are still going to be out there. And Whedon's still going to be passing it to the checkdown target. That's true. So I I do expect tight ends and passing down running backs to kind of light it up in that offense. All right, so down in Tampa Bay, a guy that we know is going to be out, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, His replacement is going to be Brandon Myers for the next couple weeks. Which is really pick-upable. Yeah, not at all. He like was a reject from the Giants. So he did well one year, I think. Yeah. Uh, so he had ASJ had an incredible week one. Uh, he was very down to earth last week. I think that he probably was injured. Like, he got injured halfway through the game. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he wasn't in the game plan very much at all. I do expect him to succeed with Jameis Winston. I don't know if you're going to want to keep him on your bench if. You don't have a very deep bench because he will be out for four to six weeks with a strained shoulder. Um, so I recommend probably just dropping him and look elsewhere for a tight end to fill in. Um, you know, there should be other guys there. Uh, there'll be a, a tight end or two that we talk about on the waiver wire here in a minute. But like we said, Brandon Myers is not the guy to fill in there. Um, so that's that's a hit to uh, Tampa Bay. I think that they're going to need to get Mike Evans going because they – they really need some help there. Well, thankfully for uh, for Evans, there's good news. Uh, you know, he played the whole game last week, and he didn't get any points. But they were really looking at him as can he make the cuts? Can he can he go out there and run? So he was a decoy target, and they didn't really try passing to him that much. So I think that he will be just fine moving forward now that they've seen that he can go out there and do it. 
Uh, I would expect big things from him this week. Um, as far as Austin is concerned, I don't know about dropping him in in, uh, in regular leagues. I, I think that uh, that he'll come back and still perform up to value. So if he's out for, let's say, four or five weeks, uh, that's still uh, the majority of the season that you can play him. Uh, I would be uh, only open to dropping him, really, if you don't have another tight end. If you have nobody else that can fill in, then you can't stash these people all year. I get that. It, it makes sense. Right, right. You, you can't necessarily stash an injured tight end. Right, but let's say you have uh, you have him and you have another guy too. Then you play the other dude, and you don't necessarily get rid of Jenkins. But the advice that you should always value uh, and consider highly is that whenever there's a really good waiver wire pick to, uh, to pick up, uh, you should not hesitate in dropping the guy on your team that is not doing your your fantasy squad any uh is not helping you. That guy this week for me is Kenny Stills. Yeah, so Kenny Stills is barely playing. Right. So like the way I looked at my waivers this week and we're going to transition into the waiver wires I suppose, but um I said okay, Kenny Stills is the guy who I don't want to have on my team. Um I can get rid of him, so I pick up everybody who I want, and then the last one I pick is Richard Matthews because I would at least rather have Richard Matthews than Kenny Stills. He's playing better than Stills, right? Yep. All right, so uh, let's have a drink here. Ah, that was a big drink, Dave. Huh. So we are now drinking the Lagunitas Hop Stupid, uh, which we have probably had half a dozen times on this show by now, and I love it. Yeah, it's a it's delicious a, bomber. It's less than like five bucks at a bunch of places. It's a common bomber for us, but a good one. Very hoppy. Right, and now they're made in Chicago. <laughs> That's bad. always a plus. Always a plus. So we're talking about the waiver wire to refresh, uh, you know, you guys listening or anybody else picking up halfway through. Uh, my name is Dave and Jason is across from me. We are Drink 5. And uh, every week we try to bring you guys the most intelligent fantasy football related conversation that we can possibly get to escape from our lips, depending on how much beer that we've had to drink that night <laughs> or the previous weekend. Um, this particular These are all factors. This particular weekend, I think we're, we're pretty good. We're pretty coherent. So, yes, uh, I, I tell you what, I'm excited for this upcoming weekend. What are we doing this upcoming this weekend? This upcoming weekend uh, is actually a great thing to talk about on the podcast because it's a redemption of the very first bet that we made on the podcast. <laughs> the, the bet was silly to begin with? It was the, the weirdest, worst bet ever. And it hasn't actually even uh, taken its course yet, right. but, I, but I've uh, gone ahead and, and You've uh, conceded. Yes, right. right. So uh, the original bet was that uh, the Rams would move to London by the 2018 season. Uh, and once it became pretty clear that that wasn't going to happen, uh, Dave conceded the bet. Anyways, the bet was, uh, the stakes were that I would take us to London uh, and go see the game. Um, so I had no idea how I would actually afford to make that happen. But I, we would eventually have seen a game, maybe not in 2018. <laughs> but by the end of the decade, probably. This is bogus. You're telling me you wouldn't have fulfilled your bargain. 
I'm saying I would have gotten there eventually. We <laughs> would have gotten there eventually. Go to a loan shark and like you know extract. Some I may teeth. have needed to save for a year or two, <laughs> especially if it was a last minute move. Anyways, but, but instead we're we're combining your your birthday and the bet to make it a a, a game. A in trip Louis. to St. Louis to go see your team, the Steelers, uh, battle the St. Louis Rams. When you say battle, that's word you strongly. <laughs> this is going to be an awesome game. Yeah, like fifty to seventeen. <laughs> we thought St. Louis had a great defense after they beat Seattle, but then we saw that they lost to the Redskins. <laughs> mm. That means the Redskins are better than Seattle, especially because the Redskins have a better record. Which means Le'Veon Bell could break the record for fantasy points and score eighty fantasy points this Washington week. Redskins, go fuck yourself. Le'Veon Bell scores five touchdowns with five hundred all-purpose yards. Oh man, <laughs> if that happened. You would be wearing your Le'Veon Bell jersey. Fans would like throw things at you. No. They'd be so mad. No, they would. They would praise me. They would praise you. No, I, I well, doubt it. Let's I be mean, serious. look, it's not Philly, but it's not like they would be welcoming. Well, we're going to the St. Louis uh, Steelers game. This <coughs> the St. Louis Steelers, St. Louis Rams, Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> game uh, this next weekend. And what's really cool about that is that not only will Le'Veon Bell be making his uh, you know initial debut into the 2015 season. But we also have Todd Gurley, how which it has not been officially announced yet, but it will be officially announced that Todd Gurley will play in this game, not necessarily you, start. Dave is officially announcing it right now. Well, look, he was he was game time decision for last week, right? And it seems like he's going to be on sort of a carry count this week. Yeah, they'll give him like maybe, ten touches or something. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But it's going to be fun to see both Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell make their 2015 debuts in this game. Yes, and it's going to be very fun to see Antonio Brown play, and I'm I mean, just he, excited. He may only get 150 yards. Well, I know. We'd all be disappointed. <laughs> he might not even score a touchdown, but he probably will. I, <laughs> I, uh, I I do know a lot of Rams fans as well, you know, pity their souls, but I, I just don't really know what's going to happen with, with Foles and, and with this weird combination of Gurley, Cunningham, and Mason, and the fact that Brian Quick, who I've wanted to talk about for a while, he was one of my initial sleepers back when we first started Drink 5 uh, as like a really good guy because he's he's built well. You know, he's a prototypical kind of wide receiver. And not only that, but he runs really quickly. He's got a high vertical leap. Uh, and he never really amounted to much until last year when he became the number one wide receiver for a while and he started having really good games. And all of a sudden, Jeff Fisher has him in the doghouse and now Brian Quick isn't even playing. And he said, uh, fans questioned him uh, about this because they looked at him last year as their number one guy, you know, behind, uh, well, not behind anybody. It was it was quick and then Britt. Uh, that's yeah. how it worked last year. And this year, people are like, why aren't you playing quick? Why aren't you playing quick? And all Fisher is saying is, well, he's physically able to play. He's just not <laughs> I playing. I love that quote. Physically able to play. So what, what does that perfect. tell you? I mean, did he like... You don't like John Fox's coach speak, but I love Jeff Fisher's coach speak. Brian Quick obviously had sex with Jeff Fisher's teenage daughter. Oh. <laughs> That's obviously what happened here. Oh, man. No, I, I don't know that. I, I'm just saying that something happened, something bad happened that we're not aware of. And I hope it doesn't come out that Quick is like, you know, um, someone that's done something really bad. And it just hasn't come out yet or something. But I... I don't think that he would say something like physically able to play. I think he's just pissed off at the way he's acting and not like 
covering for something that hasn't leaked yet. Maybe he didn't like the Bradford trade for Foles or something. I don't know. You don't think Fisher did or, or Quick? No, Quick. Oh, yeah, I mean... He is a receiver, which means he has, Maybe like, Foles doesn't like Quick. I don't know. I, I don't know that Foles gets to decide. That's true. <laughs> that's that's probably very true. I mean, he came in, right, as a backup. So he, he should be happy he's starting. That said, uh, Nick Foles does have very good value here if the wide receiver core over there is actually able to do anything. Um, so let's 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 not get too far on tangent off tangent. But but Jason oh, we and I are far. we're very excited to see this game on Sunday. Excited to see what happens because of it. Uh, and it, you can check us out. Um, you know, on the sidelines, we're going to be I think only like uh, ten or twelve rows back uh, on like the twenty yard line or something like that. So it's not too bad. Good All seats. Right. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, you don't know what we look like, but we'll be there. You can look for us anyway. <laughs> I'll be the one giving you the the devil horns because it's just me. Just Rock. one person. Only one person will have devil or horns I won't. in the whole stadium. I'll be conspicuously standing next to him not giving devil horns. You'll know it's Jason because he's the one who doesn't think that Jason Witten will do well in the coming weeks. Oh, yes. That'll you be can, very clear on my you face. You can tell that by his expression. Yeah. yeah. I have that kind of look. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the waiver wire. Uh, real important thing that we need to discuss before we talk about this is that every single time we start an NFL season, we play fantasy football, everyone always overreacts. Now, I like it when you overreact, okay? Because <laughs> I will take the That's players... That's good for me. I will take the players you drop uh, because you don't think they're going to do very well. I will pick them up on my team and wait a couple weeks until they're top 30 at their position, top 20 at their position, And I'll trade 10. them back to you. <laughs> I, I've never done that. I've never actually done that. I've, I've, You've never done that? Maybe. I'm, oh, I'm, I've done that. I'm open That's to doing fun. that. Yeah. He's like, do you know uh, this player that you dumped? Uh, maybe, I picked him up, and then I'm going to trade him to you. Maybe if I, you did, could just, I was on the uh, other side of that last year. <laughs> I dropped Tom Brady, and then I traded for him. Oh. Well, that was probably but a good decision. But he still had a good... Yeah, he still played well. Yeah. Uh, so, don't make rash moves. Don't drop people that, that uh, haven't done a lot. But... Do drop people that haven't done anything, it, assuming they're not injured. Like I think dropping Julius Thomas is a terrible mistake, and I will. If pick, you've waited this long, don't drop him. And I will pick him up because I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns for Jacksonville. Yeah, their offense is just getting going. You add one of the best tight ends in the league into that mix, and boom. Yeah, so you drop Julius Thomas, I pick him up. That's fine. But if you're if you're dropping a guy, you know, like Lamar Miller or something like that, that's a that is a super no no. That is something yeah, that, even though it seems like you should drop him because he's not playing well, that is absolutely the opposite of what you should actually be doing. You should be... What about like an Eddie Royal? Eddie Royal wasn't even draftable in redraft leagues. Okay, I, I, I thought he was. We're in Chicago. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah. You have to wipe the meatball off your face. You Sorry, know? my bad. <laughs> no, look, Jason's not a meatball. He's He's gone beyond actual fandom and is now just a super fantasy football fan. That's the way I like to think of it. You like all teams equally. You like players when they make you win. Yes? No? Absolutely. Are you a fan of a, sp- a specific team? If you have to... If, if you I have... had to pick one team, I guess it would be the Bears. Just because everyone I know would kill me if I ever said the Packers. <laughs> well, okay. I would lose like most of my friends. It sounds like he likes the Packers. I always... You know, I never hated the Packers, and that's as good as liking the Packers in Chicago. Jason is secretly a cheesehead, I think is what he's admitted to us tonight. Look, I, I do notice that when I get sucked into a Bears game, you know, I root for the Bears regardless of whatever the hell is going on, and I want them to win. 
And uh, I still find that in me every once in a while. All I right. just, you know, whenever I think about the game rationally, I don't like the team at all. I don't like anything that they do. So, you know, there's a lot of other yeah, teams tough. that I can watch and enjoy. You know, my favorite team this year has, to watch has been like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Arizona Cardinals. I like uh, watching the Jags. I think the Jags are a fun team. We talked about them last year. They got a good defense, up and coming young guys, good offense that's just forming. Three wide receivers that uh, all of them have uh, the combined experience of what, like six years, five years in the NFL. You've got uh, Blake Bortles, who is a second-year quarterback. Yes. Um, and you have TJ Yeldon, who's a rookie running back. It's just fun to watch. And like we just said, they're getting Julius Thomas. Yep. It's going to be good. That, yeah. th- that team could be like a surprise playoff team. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Could they finish better? They're, they're ahead of the Colts in the division right now. I don't want to talk about the Jaguars beating the, Titans, the Colts or the Seahawks. The Titans and the Jaguars are tied for first place. In the AFC South. Yeah, but see, now you're, you're... And the Texans and the Colts are 0-2. See, you're falling into Berman territory. You're, you're, you're taking the things that have happened and you're trying to make them talking points, but they're oh, not. Oh, man. We have no, to wait. I just, we have to wait. Uh, I'm not going to extrapolate <laughs> any more on that. I just like looking at the picture. Yeah. Well, the picture is undeveloped. Very much so. <laughs> it is the very first stages of the Polaroid developing. And if you are uh, not 30 years or older, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm going to rush through these. Quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor, Buffalo, 15% of leagues own him. Tyrod Taylor has been great. He was good in week one. He was better in week two. He had three interceptions, but he had three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. He was sacked eight times. But he played well, and he got a lot of points. Buffalo's offense is fledgling, but it looks like that kind of fledgling that is uh, is very weighted towards the positive they have Sammy Watkins. They have LaShawn McCoy. I think that, that Tyrod Taylor is a quarterback that could end up uh, you know, 11 or 12 or 13 at the end of the year if he remains healthy. But you got to remember that's the remains healthy part because he is a running quarterback. And so he's one of those guys that now brings in, uh, you know, he brings about himself a higher risk a of higher being risk injured. Sure. Have you watched much of him yet this year? Yeah, I saw a whole Buffalo game, actually. Okay, so does he run waving the ball around like some quarterbacks do? Like no, Michael Vick style? he does protect the ball a little bit. Okay, more. that's good. That that makes me think that he's going to be smarter about his running. The, the real he's problem, not though, totally reckless. is when, I don't care if you're talking about, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill or, or Cam Newton or um, Andrew Luck or any of these quarterbacks that run the ball, but like Rodgers will always slide feet first because you can't you can't tackle him like a prone uh, like a like a running back. Right. But these other guys will sometimes try to get a first down, etc., going head first into the uh, the they line. Need to. And unless you're as big as Andrew Luck, it may be difficult. Like Cam Newton, Luck, they're they're bigger guys that can yeah. cause Cam some damage. Newton's big guy, and he wears like body armor. <laughs> <laughs> he is Superman. He's got gigantic. Well, Superman wouldn't need body armor. Well, he got in a car accident and he flew away. <laughs> I mean, it was all right. No, you're right. Superman uh, would be disqualified because he's on PEDs, obviously. Um, Tyrod Taylor is, or Tyrod Taylor, as Jason probably wants me to pronounce his name. Let's be let's be honest. Just Rich Eisen. It's Tyrod. <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, he probably won't be available in a whole lot of leagues that are deeper than 10-man standard scoring leagues because he played so well last week that I think that going forward, Tyrod is going to be a guy that people fit in for spot starts or even think about starting on a weekly basis instead of guys uh, that are underperforming. 
I know guys that have Andrew Luck are looking for someone right now. I know guys that have uh, you know uh, Tony Romo are looking for someone right now. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks you might have: Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, that were drafted in, drafted in the in the top ten. Yeah. That now you're looking for a replacement. And if you're, I don't in a, think you should replace Drew Brees yet, but definitely Matt Stafford. Brees might not even play. Okay, if Brees doesn't play, then he's in the conversation. I'm not saying you drop Brees. No. I'm saying while his while his shoulder is healing, you may need to slot someone else in. Because the Saints offense totally is struggling reasonable. You know, to begin with. Uh, so, great guy to think about picking up. Andy Dalton owned in 30% of leagues. He is the line by which we generally measure all other quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> the Andy Dalton line. This is not a measure of respect that you made it sound like. <laughs> he is the line that determines whether or not a quarterback is above average He's or the below line, average. not the measuring stick. <laughs> That's what I said. I never I said, know you said the line. Never said stick. But this is, it came out very funny. <laughs> so he's thrown five touchdown passes in two games with no interceptions. He's done very well. He's trying to become the stick. His offense looks really good, right? They have A.J. Green. They have Travis Kelsey, who's super outperforming expectations. Hang on. They have Tyler Eifert, not Travis I'm Kelsey. I'm sorry. You're correct. Tyler Eifert. They have uh, Marvin Jones, who has done really well and is outsnapping Mohamed Sanu. And they got Giovanni Bernard. Yep. And Bernard might actually end up getting more play because it looks like uh, Jeremy Hill has fumbled a couple times, and he's not uh, in the best graces of the coach at the moment. Marvin Lewis is old school. He's probably the—I think he's the most tenured coach, uh, just ahead of Belichick or just behind Belichick, one or the other. Um, but he isn't going to put up with uh, fumbles. He'll bench a guy. He may even sit him for a game. But don't expect Jeremy Hill to be gone for too long this year. So this happens occasionally, and you must look at Dalton. He's not an old quarterback. He's not a quarterback that excels in the postseason. In fact, he's very bad in the postseason as a rule. But it doesn't matter because the postseason doesn't matter to us as fantasy players. Not at if all. If everybody is healthy on the Bengals and Dalton is healthy, he could argue his point to, instead of being the number 16 quarterback, being the number 10 quarterback. And I think that's what I we're agree. seeing right now. Uh, so this could be the year of Dalton. Okay. I mean, the year of Dalton was a couple years ago when he finished third overall. That was a very good year for Dalton. I think that he could, uh, you know, that's his high water mark, and I think he can approach it, but I don't think he's going to be quite that good. This could be a year of Dalton. The year of Dalton. Other players to consider are Blake Bortles, owned in 9%. Uh, we just talked about him earlier, doing really well. Derek Carr, owned in 14%, had a great game last week. Amari Cooper's been good. Michael Crabtree's been good. Michael Rivera is a target that he has available. Um, it really depends on that offensive line and how consistent he's able to be throughout the year. But for two quarterback leagues, Bortles and Carr are both starts as a QB2 for me going forward until they prove otherwise. Uh, running backs, we have Matt Jones. You talked about Matt Jones earlier, Jay. Yeah, I brought him up a couple times, but I didn't want to get too into him because I knew that he was on your list. And I didn't even... Well, I did look at the list, but I knew he'd be there. Owned in 23%. Uh, he only had three snaps less than Alfred Morris last week. The first week he played well. The second week he played better. Uh, at this point, he's pretty much going to be splitting snaps with Alfred Morris every week. And if Alfred at Morris... At least, I would say. And if Morris does anything to, uh, to show that he's not ready anymore, then Jones will start to eclipse him. Regardless, that means that Matt Jones is a flex or higher start every week going forward, period especially on an offense where Kirk Cousins is managing the game. 
He's not allowed to throw too many deep balls, and they don't have Deshaun Jackson to throw it to anyway. So the running backs are going to be running every They're game. They're going to get a lot. A lot. Yeah, I, I think it was Alfred Morris with 20, Matt Jones with 18 carries last week. So they're going to run the ball a ton again. They play the Giants. The Giants gave up a lot of points to the running backs in week one. Um, and I think it, they might have last week as well. Yep. Uh, another guy who probably won't be available on the waiver wire if he currently is. So remember, only owned in 23% of leagues. If he's available, you have to pick him up. If he's not next year, or, I mean, even if he... One if of my he, favorite young guys this year. Then David Johnson is available, owned in 34% of leagues. Again, that's a, a guy that has already been picked up by a lot of people because last week when he came in uh, as the backup to Chris Johnson, who is the backup to Andre Ellington, he performed out of his mind and only on one <laughs> touch. One play, 55 yards, touchdown. This week, he had a couple more touches, but still performed out of his mind. And he has Touchdowns. the he has the highest points per touch in the NFL so far with about four points per touch. He's a crazy man, essentially. So the only issue here down. really is how much production Bruce Arians will allow him to have. And you know Chris Johnson will still have a big role, but David Johnson, as Arians said... He was he was trying to break in the guy, you know, slowly. And unfortunately because of Ellington's injury, he's no longer able to do that. But you and I both know that Arians knew he had a good running back on his hands and he didn't want to put him in too early because there's something happens when when a rookie goes in there too early and he gets dazzled by, you know, the NFL's superior talented defense, etc. He wanted probably to only play him, pepper him in for a couple plays for the whole season. And then next year, have him start. But what what ends up happening is now he's going to start going up to a split with Chris Johnson. As soon as Andre Ellington comes back, I would, I would bet you that all three of them become a committee with a hot hand. I think that's exactly what happens. I would not be surprised if David Johnson takes over for Ellington because he is a bigger, faster, better Andre Ellington. Yeah. That's exactly what I see. That's what the scout report said. That's uh, what Arians, you know, coach talk leads me to believe. So I think David Johnson is a pickup here. And if you don't pick him up, you're going to lose out on a guy who is going to be scoring probably a floor of, of six points a game. I agree. He's been excellent so far. They would be silly, especially with Ellington out, not to be using him as much as they can. Because Chris Johnson, even against a bad Bears team, still barely managed four yards per carry. Yeah. Uh, Other players to talk about, James Starks. We talked about him earlier, owned in 11% of leagues because he's a handcuff. But if Eddie Lacy doesn't play, he is immediately probably that flex RB2 in a PPR league. Um, Even in a standard league, he's still playable as a flex position. Uh, but I just don't think that Starks is much to, to look at because uh, Eddie Lacy probably won't be out any longer than one week if he is out. And so you don't want to you know, put all of your uh, the eggs in the basket, right? right. Uh, you, you don't want to take one guy who's available for one week and waste your waiver wire pick if you could take someone like Jones or Johnson who's going to be helping you the rest of the season. That's what you need to look at. Uh, Hillman owned in 36%. That's Ronnie Hillman. Could take the lead back role over in Denver if C.J. Anderson continues to struggle. So he had a week one injury. He came back. He didn't do very well. Neither did Hillman, really. But the the point is, if C.J. Anderson does not take that role back by by having a really good game this week or maybe even next week, 
then Ronnie Hillman gets the job by default. And whatever running back gets that job in Denver is going to be a good running back. True. I mean, whoever is going to be the focus uh, on that team is going to have a lot to do. Now, it was an interesting game for Denver, right? They started out, they really struggled on offense, and then it was clear at a certain point that they switched back to the Peyton Manning offense. Yeah, so Kubiak has to relax and let Peyton do his thing, otherwise he's going to lose games. So do you think he does? Do you think it's Peyton's way yes. the rest of the year? Okay, so that is a clear indication that whoever is the permanent running back there is going to be very valuable. And Peyton it won't better want... be friggin' C.J. Anderson. It could easily be Ronnie Hill. Early. I know, that's the problem. At least <laughs> I have him. On the team where I drafted C.J. Well, that's why Anderson. I'm saying pick him up if you have him available because uh, if you have a guy on your bench that you can dump and just have Hillman there, then at least you have both guys when the decision is made this week or next week. Yeah. It's not a bad choice. Wide receivers, Travis Benjamin, Cleveland, own in 14% of So leagues. good. He scored three touchdowns on six receptions over the past two weeks. We've had players like this before. Here's what you need to look at. Cleveland, quarterbacks, they're not that good. The wide receivers are not that good. The The problem is that no one expected this to happen. Uh, and when you have a guy that only gets six receptions and he scores three touchdowns on him, what that means is outlier, outlier, outlier. So what you're saying is he's not the second coming of Josh Gordon. No, I'm saying, because Josh Gordon was a was like a crazy possession receiver, like Marshall, that was also able to break free with touchdowns. Yeah, uh, frequently. Travis Benjamin is a speedster that's able to get under the defense under the safeties. So what I think, what I'm saying is that Travis Benjamin is a player that you should consider picking up because his production is out of this world, but he's boomer bust. So he's a guy that you want to start if uh, you already have some consistent players at uh, WR1 and 2, or if you need a flex to take you over the top. Yeah. But you shouldn't be uh, surprised if next week, for example, they end up throwing at Travis Benjamin two times for 35 yards. So uh, Travis Benjamin has the highest points per touch for wide receivers. And that would be 7.4. That's crazy. (laughs) Uh, So boomer bust, guys. Make sure you understand that because everyone's going to pick up Travis Benjamin. And if you pick up Travis Benjamin and expect him to score another one and a half touchdowns, which I know is logically impossible, but that is what his average is over two games. (laughs) Literally impossible. (laughs) then you are sorely mistaken. I, I would not be surprised. In fact, I would love to pick him up and put him on my bench, but I do not think he will score any touchdowns this week. So uh, I did start him in a league last year, albeit it was a deep league, but I also pulled him out of the lineup in another very deep league. So um, it was fun watching him do all that. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I do see the value in him. Uh, however, if Josh McCown comes back, who knows if McCown is even going to want to throw to him. All of his work has come from Johnny uh, Johnny Manziel. Well, he is obviously the best receiver on Cleveland. They have Brian Hartline, who's a slot guy. They have Dwayne Bow, who's barely on the team. Uh, Travis Benjamin He's barely on the team is obviously the best receiver. Dwayne Bow is a ghost. Yeah. Uh, Michael Crabtree owning twenty three percent of leagues. He kind of broke out in two thousand and twelve. He's had good seasons, but not very good seasons. I think he's doing really well here because he's not under. Uh, number one defensive back protection because Amari Cooper is the guy who's getting you know teamed or double teamed or whatever teamed or double teamed well I mean if you can be double teamed you can be teamed 
Uh, Marvin Jones, Cincinnati. Jones had more snaps than Mohamed Sanu. We talked about this earlier, and things look good for him. Uh, Jones had the Jones fracture, which is not named after Marvin Jones, by the way. But it's like a guy named Tommy John getting Tommy John surgery. Exactly. It's the same uh, injury that, that Des Bryant had. A guy named Luke, no. <laughs> has. And Marvin Jones is out for the whole season. So uh, he was always a good guy to pick here at the end of the draft because you knew that if he could be successful, that he could do the same kind of stuff he did in 2013 where he scored 10 touchdowns. Yep. He's already scored a touchdown this year, and he looks like the number two guy. It's between him really and Kelsey. really need a number two guy there. Well, Stop saying Kelsey on the on the Bengals. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's, that's Kansas City. <laughs> Hey, I don't usually mess Kelsey, up names. Kelsey, Kansas City. I know it's really enjoyable for me well, when you. you mess up names because I do it all the time. So the Marvin Re- Gordon, right? Rev and Kelsey, the name is. Okay. What? I didn't hear you. Rather, I- rather than Kelsey. Oh, it's Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert is the number two guy there based on the uh, the targets that he's been given. But you'll see this rotation between Green, Eifert, and Jones. And it's really cool right now because Andy Dalton is doing really well right now. So any of those guys need to be started every game. That is my opinion. Do you agree with me? Uh, yes. Uh, Doriel Green-Beckham is only 19% of leagues. Now, I think he's a little overrated, but he did jump up for a great touchdown last week. He has great size and speed and potential. Uh, he was an amazing college player, but college is different from the NFL. Uh, he, he may be, again, like a boomer bust guy. Uh, Richard Matthews, who we talked about with you as well, owning two percent of leagues. Yeah. So even in deep leagues, you can pick this guy up, and he seems to be the number two target look after Jarvis Landry. Now, last week, Tannehill threw the ball to Jennings, Greg Jennings, like four or five times. He dropped all of them. <laughs> Greg Jennings had the dropsies for sure. And so what happens is you're going to see a lot less trust in Jennings. A lot more trust in Matthews, and maybe Stills can actually make that WR3 uh, position. But right now, it's just Landry, Jennings, and and uh, Matthews. And Matthews. And Jennings is sort of dropping off, and we'll see if Cameron is back. Or Parker. Yeah. Cameron, Hopefully, Parker, Devontae, Stills. I would imagine that they're going to try and get Devontae Parker, and he is a first-round pick. But for right now, He's it's, coming it's, back from injury still. it's basically Landry and Matthews. So he needs his conditioning. Uh, is there any more beer, Dave? I must know. There's always beer, sir. There's always beer. Here is a two-hearted ale for your pleasure. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Tight ends. Crockett Gilmore owning 4% of leagues. Gilmore, big-ass target. Uh, Didn't get a lot of opportunity to produce last year. But with Brashad Perryman on the Ravens' sideline, this is a guy that Flacco's going to go to all the time. And that's exactly what he did. He got a touchdown last week. He was pretty good. It looks like he'll get five or six receptions each week until Perryman comes back because... Really, all that Flacco has to throw to is Steve Smith, who's getting older. He's great. He's great. Don't get me wrong. He, he was good last week. He'll continue to be great. But uh, he's getting older. And Kamar Aiken, who is a is a relative newbie, you know, to this to this whole thing. Uh, and so look at Crockett Gilmore as a guy that Joe Flacco will lean on because he has a history of leaning on big tight ends. So in the uh, question of who to replace at tight end, because there was three guys that went down possibly, is uh, is he your number one ad then, Crockett Gilmore? Like is he the guy that you would slot in to start right away? Well, you'd have to show me your team, right? Uh, of course. Uh, you know, assuming that you don't have a backup tight end. Remember that Gilmore is only owned in 4% of leagues. Richard Rodgers, another guy I'm talking about, is owned in 8% of leagues. 
So those are more like deep league guys. In in another like in a regular league, if like Kyle Rudolph is available, are you still taking him? Yes, and starting him. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious where where the where the line is. Like if Crockett Gilmore is a you must pick him up and start him if you got the space, or if you you know you know more of a guy to keep an eye on. Well, in general, Crockett Gilmore is not going to be available, right? Um, I'm no, not not. Crockett, I mean, I mean available. Kyle Kyle Rudolph. I would think that Kyle Rudolph maybe. Well, I don't know. Okay. I, I, when so I was going I, through my wires, I saw that he was available in several leagues. It kind of surprised me, but not entirely, I suppose. All right. Well, if I look at guys that are owned, etc., across all the leagues, then what what I initially kind of strikes my eye is that guys like uh, Charles Clay, Jared Cook, uh, Eric Ebron, they're they're not uh, owned in that many leagues. Right. So it's important to maybe grab those guys first. Uh, you want to just glaze over the kickers real quick? Uh, yeah, and I defense. can do that for you. Uh, so kickers, check out John Brown or Josh Brown in New York. Uh, he's owned in twenty five percent of league of leagues. He performed very well last week. Uh, they will be playing the Redskins on Thursday night football. So I guess if you got nothing else to root for, pick up the kicker and cheer for him. Um, uh, so the Redskins do have a decent defense this year. The Giants may have to resort to kicking plenty of field goals. Um, it's still early in the year. Don't worry about outdoor games, all that crap. Uh, so go with Josh Brown. Why not? Uh, Josh Lambeau in San Diego. He's only owned in 3% of leagues. Uh, you can pick him up. The San Diego offense has been decent so far. Uh, I expect them to continue to move the ball because Phillip Rivers is uh, well above the Andy Dalton line. Uh, so speaking of the Andy Dalton line, the defense pickup is the Cincinnati Bengals. They're owned in 13% of leagues. Uh, the Bengals are so far in the top 10 in fantasy football this year, uh, only owned by 13%, like we said. So uh, they're going to be one of the more likely candidates to pick up this week. I've seen the Jets actually available in several leagues, uh, which is a shame because they've put up so many damn points already. Um but the Bengals are going to play the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens uh, struggled against Denver, of course, but then they lost to Oakland. So uh, the Ravens against Cincinnati, they are at home, but I expect Cincinnati's defense to still put up some you know, uh, decent numbers. Are there any other defenses you like out there? Um, Two-hearted. <laughs> let me see. Let me, let me pull up my list here. I mean, uh, I'm I like Carolina again for one more week, but they're probably not. Uh, they're no. probably owned in too many. They're leagues. owned in every league, and if yeah. if they're not owned, then you need to get to a different league. You need to win all of the money from that league and then exit <laughs> after this year. Okay, uh, so I like um, obviously um, New England. Uh, New England's playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville is still a great target to play against because they are a young offense, and New England has been really good. Yeah, um, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland has been good. I, I called them last week against Tennessee. You did, and you were right. And I think they'll continue to be good. They are a good team. They have a good secondary, and they kind of they rip up like those uh, those passers that are sort of newbies. Yeah, Houston plays the Buccaneers this week, so I don't expect the Buccaneers to you know excel. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Well, Houston is a very talented defense, and I expect them to do well. Uh, the problem with Houston is that they they are really kind of a boomer bust, right? Like the, the variance are. is really they high. Are. They are. I, I don't know if J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney are going to 
be amazing or if, if nothing's going to happen. You know, it's surprising that the defense isn't more shut down than it is. Uh, we have a question it from the be. chat room about Arizona. Arizona does look really good. They're playing the 49ers. Uh, so that could be a little, a bit of a high-scoring game. I kind of expect Arizona to be owned in most leagues because they were playing the Bears last week. Someone should have picked them up. If they are available, you know, they're right up there with me. Um, <laughs> it's Okay, so I have a league here that has Denver, Arizona, Cleveland, and the Jets available. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes. Arizona's owned in 91% of leagues. I know. Like, I don't know what defenses people are playing in this league, but obviously it's not good ones. Well, you're looking at teams that, that aren't owned in very many leagues, so you can't have Seattle, who's playing Chicago, and they're going to have 30 points this week. You know, you can't have Buffalo. Uh, they're playing uh, Miami. Miami. You can't have St. Louis playing Pittsburgh. They're only ninety-seven percent of leagues. Even though I would not play them if I were if I were an owner, <laughs> Dave's uh, going to be there rooting him on just enough to make them win. You can't have Houston. You can't have Arizona. Uh, you can't have Baltimore. You can't have Miami. Although a lot of people might drop Miami versus Buffalo, that is an option if you think they can get it together. I'm not really. I'm sure. really not hot on them against Buffalo. I do plan on dropping my Miami defenses this week. But the people you can have, I mean, you can have Indianapolis versus Tennessee. Indianapolis has some good corners, although the good corners uh, have just gone injured. Just got injured, yeah. They just so signed somebody. Maybe that is not such a good choice. Yeah. Uh, although I do think that playing against Tennessee is good because playing against any young team, generally the veterans are going to have an advantage. Sure. Um, Cleveland, we mentioned, versus Oakland. They should yeah. have a good game. Cincinnati versus Baltimore should have a good game. Um and I guess, I mean, maybe if you're out of options, maybe a, a Giants versus Washington, just because Washington has Kirk Cousins and he could throw three interceptions at any time. Yeah. But the Giants secondary is not good. So, I mean, if you're at that point where you don't have anybody to play, uh, you know, maybe Minnesota, they're playing San Diego, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> you don't play New Orleans, you don't play Dallas. You don't, you play, don't play, Dallas. play the Packers or the Chiefs. Well, actually, I, I I would play the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a, a decent defense. Yeah, they're playing the Packers though. The Packers are going to protect the ball and score points. I understand. Uh, well, we we talked through it a little bit. Um, I, I guess we have at this point. Uh, yeah, you don't play Kansas City if you can help it, and uh, if you can get a, a New England, if you can get a Cleveland, maybe an Indianapolis versus Tennessee. Um, maybe uh, a Cincinnati. That's that's about all we can offer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's take a look real quick at um, where some of our rankings uh, line up or don't line up, more specifically with the ECRs, which is the expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros. Um, so first up, we'll look at the quarterbacks. Drew Brees has an ECR of 15, which means that's where most people rank him. Uh, we rank him up at 7. And uh, when we do our rankings, we kind of just assume, hey, people are healthy. You know, if they're not going to be healthy, we'll we'll take them out. That's fine. But if they are healthy, they're in. And if Drew Brees plays, uh, we still have him up as the number seven uh, quarterback this week. If he plays, you start him. Okay, they're uh, they are playing uh, New Orleans. Where are the Saints? The Saints play the Panthers. The Panthers are good. They're not great. Drew Brees, if he's healthy. They're 2-0 and have one of the best defenses in the league. I, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, 
Do you start Drew Brees if he's healthy? I don't think so. I, I have him in a league, and I think I actually I, I'm going to start Bortles over uh, over Brees. I would you? We've been talking about betting. You want to take that bet? I'll give you a couple points leeway. I mean, I'll give you uh, Drew. I'll give you Blake Bortles plus two and a half. Why would you think that Brees would suddenly be good, even though he's had shoulder problems that are obvious, and he's playing a good defense? If Brees starts. I'll give you two and a half points with Bortles. Okay. And we'll bet on the usual beers next week. You got it. Okay. Best of luck to you, sir. Plus 2.5 versus Breeze. Okay, so uh, on the downside, uh, we've got Ryan Tannehill. His ECR is 11. We rank him 16. That offense has struggled so far. If you drafted Ryan Tannehill, you probably got him at the end of the draft. Hopefully, you picked up someone else. No way you got him at the end of the draft. He, he was so highly ranked. Oh, that's, ranked. that's a good point. You're right. He was going from rounds probably six through through eight. Or so, nine. anyways, uh, do you sit him this week, especially when they play Buffalo? No, I don't sit him. If, if, if he's healthy, he's got a good offense, he's going to turn it around. I, I mean, how long do you go? I don't know. That's another question. If, if, he's, able, if he's not able to score a lot of points... Uh, by the fourth, fifth game, then maybe you dump him, right? But yeah. you drafted him to be your number one guy. He's got a good offense. I don't care who he's playing. Uh-huh. Who else did you pick up on your team to play, right? I mean, you picked up Tannehill and then a backup in a regular really in league, right? Assuming so, yes. That so, would make sense. So do you play the backup over him? Not unless he's injured. That That's how I do it anyway. Okay. I, I don't know. That That's what I'm thinking. I mean, it's not like he's a early round stud that you're always starting. Well, if, if you're picking him up to be your number one quarterback, then you're still starting him to be your number one quarterback. I think if you've got a decent option, you may consider sitting Tannehill against Buffalo. I say that Because if they're going to turn it around, I don't think it's going to be this week. It's going to take a, a few weeks of growing pains for that team to figure out where they're at. Won't you want him to be throwing, you know, if, if they're losing or if they're in a tight game? Yeah, but I, it's going to be hard to throw or run for them, I think, this week. Buffalo's going to play well. They're mad about losing to New England. They almost won. Well, I'll tell you, of course they go down. Of course Tannehill goes down uh, in his ranking because he hasn't played up to expectations. That's just how it works. Right. But uh, but still, I, I don't think you start someone else that you have under him. Like So give me an example of who you would start over him. Blake Bortles? Over Ryan Tannehill? No, I wouldn't start Blake Bortles over him. Um, I would probably start... Um, I need to look at quarterbacks. I can't think of any of them. Look, I'm starting Carson Palmer over him. Is that a legitimate claim? I would start Eli Manning against Washington over him. Those are all quarterbacks that are drafted around the same area as Tannehill, right? I would start Andy Dalton over him. Well, Andy Dalton's on a hot streak. (laughs) (laughs) I I would too. Okay, well, let's localize it. I would start Tyrod Taylor over Ryan Tannehill in that game. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to have a better game. All right, that's interesting. Well, uh, we'll write that down. We'll see how you do. I think Tannehill comes back this week. I, th- I don't think the Dolphins can just keep falling. I don't think that's going to work. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't have faith in their coach like keeping it together. Yeah, well, the coach is not that great. Uh, maybe they'll turn into like a Chicago Bears situation with Tressman last year, where they have the talent, but they just can't. They just can't deal do anything. With it. They can't figure it out. Yeah. All right. So a couple of uh, running backs that we like a lot better than everyone else. Danny Woodhead is ranked 16 for us. His ECR is 24. Uh, we really like 
the way Woodhead's been playing this year. Uh, obviously, Melvin Gordon is getting work, but he's not getting all of the work. Uh, the Chargers do travel to Minnesota, but I still like uh, Danny Woodhead this week. I actually made a good decision last week in, in sitting Danny Woodhead in, in favor of uh, um, of someone else. And then Melvin Gordon playing in a couple leagues. He had uh, 88 yards on 16 uh, rushes, which wasn't bad at all. Yeah, yeah. He's he's showing well. But Woodhead is such a great guy, and I think that he'll continue to put up really great stats. As we said in the preseason, I think that, that on average, over the season, he's going to end up being a top 25 running back, and that's awesome. Yeah. So Giovanni Bernard, we have him ranked at 18. His ECR is 30. Um, it kind of seems like Jeremy Hill is in the doghouse, at least just this week. Right now, Bernard is the lead back. So Bernard, and he was awesome last week. He's got like six yards per carry so far this year. In a Cincinnati He's catching the ball everywhere. Clicking. Oh, yeah. And they're playing the Ravens, who have struggled. Their defense is okay, but they lost Suggs. So. I, I love the Pirate myself. Yes. And we talked like Pirates a little bit this uh, this past weekend. Loving it. Uh, so, guys who we don't like as much. Latavius Murray. I was surprised to see this. Latavius Murray has an ECR of 8. You know, they play the Browns this week. I don't see uh, the Oakland going on the road and running the ball so well that Latavius Murray is a top 10 back. We have him ranked at 19. I think that uh, low-end RB2 is much more realistic for Latavius Murray. Do you think that he's a low-end RB1 this week? I don't disagree with our rankings, uh, but I, I do I do think that maybe it's likely that he finishes somewhere in between those, those two things. Uh, I think that eight is too high for him, obviously, and I'm still not sold on Murray as like this guy who's going to be a top 10 back or a top 15 back. Um, but it looks like he might be, because Roy Halu, who's the guy who was supposed to get the passing down work, isn't even out there. Yeah. So, I mean, they obviously trust him enough to have him out there as their guy. And with uh, Oakland, their offense is clicking not as much as Cincinnati's, but it's still clicking. It's looking good. And uh, Latavius Murray, you know, being the staple of that running offense, what does every team need to pass the ball? They need a running game. That's right. And yeah. they'll, they'll find it with Latavius. I think you're probably right. He may be uh, a mid-RB2. And that's a pretty good prediction. Oh, no, it's great. Yeah. So Lamar Miller, uh, we talked about him at length. Uh, we have him ranked at 25. His ECR is 17. I think he's at best a flex play this week, uh, but I would probably sit him. Um, and then another guy. Um, I is, still think, for the record, that uh, that Miami might put up a show on this game. I'm not sure why I think that. They're kind of put into a corner. Uh, they've tended to in the past couple of years, if they do badly for a game or two, then show they, off they their skills. Do, they get a good bounce back. Uh, but but you know, I the stats say exactly what you say. Yep. So Legarrette Blunt, uh, we have him ranked at thirty nine. His ECR is thirty one. It's kind of clear that they favor Deion Lewis over Legarrette Blunt at the moment. Um, and as we always say, just kind of avoid the New England running backs for now. I have to admit again, I, I I'm starting Blunt this week because. I feel like Deion Lewis is a guy that, granted, might be a, a little bit more talented, at least in his current position and health and age, than Shane Vereen because he can run the ball a little bit more than him. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do think that LeGarrette Blunt will get involved in these games. It's, Belichick knows what he has on the team. And I think in this particular game coming up that New England is going to dominate it. And if that's the case, I think LeGarrette Blunt is the guy that will get the majority of the work as opposed to a guy like Deion Lewis. Because the Patriots have not always adhered to strict rules, but the rules that we've noticed 
are that if they're going to be up a lot for the, the whole kind of game and uh, they're not going against a defense that is going to be, uh, you know what I mean, if, if, if they're if they're going to be uh, struggling to take the win or uh, or they're in very close situations, then they're going to take a guy like Vereen or Lewis because they need that hurry-up offense. They need a guy who can take the, the catch out of the flats. Right, you know, to, to help out the passing game. But I think in a game like this, maybe the Patriots dominate it. If that's the case, then They're Blunt, playing like Jacksonville, right? Blunt could have just early down work all the time. Okay, I, I see where you're going from a matchup standpoint. And obviously, uh, I you, preach matchups so much, I don't want to poo-poo that. Well, you can't. We, we, talked about this, we talk about this constantly. If there is any way to predict the Patriots at all, it is that they're either it's going to be... They're going to be behind... A lot, and that's how they scheme the game, or or they're going to be like close, or they're going to be winning. Yeah, and if I'm Belichick in this game versus Jacksonville, you know that I think that our game plan is going to be uh, run the score up early, kill the clock. Makes sense. So on to wide receivers. Uh, one of the guys that we like a lot more than the general consensus is Percy Harvin. Uh, Harvin has. Uh, Ranked 26 with us. His ECR is 45. He's still getting work. Uh, he had five catches the first week. He had four catches the second week. Uh, I expect him to be involved in this offense on a regular basis. Therefore, he is much better value than buried and sitting on your bench. I think that uh, he needs to be starting unless you have a lot of studs. You know, almost everyone's been hit by an injury at this point. You need a fill-in, or you need a flex player, or you need something. Percy Harvin is a guy that can do that for you. I put him in as a flex player. I, I think that in previous years, he was almost unstartable because he was so boomer bust and because uh, he wasn't consistent as a human being. Uh, <laughs> I do think that he's done a little bit better at this point. Nobody can get in trouble in Buffalo, except for Patrick Kane. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, he's trying to work in the hockey angle anytime he can. Uh, Sammy- Twice tonight. Sammy Watkins is the clear number one guy there, although the first week he had nothing. Obviously, week two cleared up all of that smoke. Um, But regardless, Percy Harvin is going to get the ball, um, and so is Charles Clay, and so are all of those playmakers. And I think you're right that his floor is going to be maybe three passes, that uh, every game he'll be involved in some capacity. And because he is Percy Harvin... You can't count out like that reversal or that handoff, you know, yeah. that, that might end up being a touchdown. Yeah. So a flex. He's like, still getting kick returns, too. Yeah, a flex upside player that could score a touchdown every other game is a pretty good player. Sure. Uh, two other guys who we like, who we've already talked about Michael Crabtree. Uh, we are 10 higher than the ECR. Uh, we rank him at 33. Marvin Jones, we rank him at 39. I think both those guys, if uh, you have flex needs or anything like that, you can slot them in, and uh, you know you're going to have a good time, especially gonna, in a PPR, going to have a good F-play time, PPR or something like that. He's going to have a good time. You're going to have a good time. You're going to have a good time. Uh, so one of the guys who we're a little down on is Jarvis Landry. His ECR is 13. I think that is kind of blown out of the water. If you're playing in a PPR league, I can see you starting him still. We have him at 32. I would start Percy Harvin over Jarvis Landry this week. I would not. But. Okay, I, I wouldn't argue about that. I wouldn't bet on it either. Uh, but I just had, have a better feeling. He had eight receptions for 53 yards in Week 1, eight receptions for 110 yards in Week 2. The reason that he's lower in our rankings is because he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. But he's had 16 receptions over the first two weeks, averaged out to literally average. If it's a PPR league, then sure, I'm starting him. I don't care if it's PPR. He has a way higher floor than Harvin will ever have. 
And if it is PPR, he's a stud. If it's a standard league, high he's, floor, low ceiling. He's a wide receiver three. I like the high ceiling of Percy Harvin. Myself. He's the favorite target of Ryan Tannehill in an offense that will shortly take off. Okay, uh, over to the tight ends. You don't ends. like Landry. That's crazy, man. You know, I don't like the Dolphins' offense right now. Well, right now, nobody likes it. But that doesn't mean it's not going to get better. I need time. I need time with them. <laughs> I need some time. Well, you're just going to not start the guys when they have the big game, you know? Uh, I understand. Buffalo is a, a good defense. It, it is. It doesn't make sense to start those guys unless you have that tickling in your stomach that I do. Yeah. You know, and it's not It's not just uh, last night's chicken enchiladas. No, not just. Not at all. Okay, so uh, tight ends. Um, a tight end that we like a lot better than the everyone else is Jared Cook. We have him ranked 8. Uh, he's tight end 19 on his ECR. So here's what I think is going to happen in this game. Steelers are going to run up the score early, and then St. Louis is going to have to play catch-up. And Nick Foles is going to catch uh, get a big touchdown to Jared Cook. But they're not going to come anywhere near the Steelers. All right. I love your uh, synopsis there. I know how to pander everyone. <laughs> Uh, and finally, um, on the low end, you've got Jordan Cameron. Uh, if he starts, I would be wary of him being a decoy. He does have a groin injury. Uh, it's one of them soft tissue injuries. That one he of them soft tissue issues. So um, he's not going to be okay right away from this injury. Uh, we saw that in the year that he was hurt, I think it was last year and the year before, uh, when he plays right after injuries and stuff, he almost does nothing. I hate when I see stuff like that. It's always like, you know, the hamstring, the groin, the thigh, like whatever whatever it is. If it's a soft tissue injury, and, and we've had all these things in our everyday life, that that's something that you're limping around for for like a week or two. And right. if you're an NFL player, it's going to take a little bit longer than that to get to 100%. And you'll destroy yourself if you like push it on it. Yeah, so you really you got to give those guys probably two weeks you keep them on your bench, but maybe you don't play them because they're they're out there, they're talented, but they are not what they were. They're they're a shell of themselves bef- until they can actually get back to a hundred percent. That's right. So, um, uh, that's about it for week three. I hope you all have very good luck in week three. Better luck than I had in week two. Oh, that's very nice. Of where you I went only two and five, thanks to Tony Romo and. Uh, and Eric Decker going down. You're in injuries. seven leagues. Did you go five and two the first week? I went five and two, and then two and five. So your average is going to be uh, my 50%. average is five and five right now. Well, I, I sincerely. If I hope win fifty percent of my leagues, I'll be pretty happy. I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> I I sincerely hope you do better than that as an as a fantasy expert. Thank you. I, I think that uh, that our choices here, uh, we should probably take you know both of our opinions uh, to mind, right? And kind of merge them in this giant like. Uh, like brain, cauldron. brain spaceship cauldron thing that happens above us, right? And uh, and I think that uh, uh, the cool thing about about having you and I bouncing these things back and forth is that generally we're not going to be wrong if we if we come to a consensus, and not as much as we would be if we decided by ourselves. Right. If we disagree, then one of us is bound to be wrong. <laughs> The other person may not be right, but one of us is definitely going to be wrong. Okay, well, uh, I'll just leave it with that logic. Um, if you can figure it out, guys. I'm not sure I can figure it out. I may need some more time for this. A couple of years, I'll come back to you. Uh, try to figure out if, uh, if I know exactly how that works or not. In any case, uh, thanks again for tuning into the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast. And we are, as always, available at drink5.com. 
at Drink5 on Twitter. Our email addresses are Jason at Drink5.com and Dave at Drink5.com if you have any questions that you want to ask us individually. Like, if you think that I give way better advice than Dave, you only want to ask me for advice. That's fine. But what you should do is send it to Dave and say, Dave, can you ask Jason who I should start this week? Make sure to listen to our <laughs> podcast. If you haven't already or if you want to listen to a past podcast for whatever reason, uh, please do so at iTunes or Stitcher. We can find us under Drink 5 Network. We have some good old podcasts. Check out the Retrospectacles. 